between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. this morning to to remember you. We're here to remember you. To remember your person. To remember your life. And we want to meditate upon you. Upon you. Upon you. Beautiful. Beautiful Jesus. It's not like you. Not the earth. Neither will there ever be. There has never been anyone like you. Beautiful man upon the throne. You were here like us. You walked the earth like we, like we do now. But you were different, Jesus. Thank you for trapping salvation, bringing down salvation, bringing down redemption. We have obtained redemption through your blood, even the forgiveness of sins because of what you did by one man's sacrifice, by one man's offering. You poured out your life you chose not to live your own life, but rather, rather, you subjected yourself to your father. As he led you to the cross, dying daily, laid down, laying down yourself and your will and for us, Lord Jesus. You who were in the form of God, and you counted it not robbery to be equal with him, but counted yourself, made yourself of no reputation took on the form of a servant, humbled yourself. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We esteem highly who you are and what you did. And we want to celebrate your walk this morning. We want to celebrate your life and the audacity to deny sin all the days of your life. Faithful to your father. Always hearing him. Always listening to him. Always carrying his voice and his commandment. You said his will, your will, your meat is to do his will. We have to finish it. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you for not falling. Thank you for not failing. Thank you for not making a mistake. For being perfect. Oh, tempted in all things, yet without sin. So that your blood can be a worthy offering can be an offering that can take away even our sins. We, we bless you, Lord Jesus, today. We celebrate you in heaven as you are celebrated as the Lamb of God. As John said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. May we behold you. Amen. We come to behold you. We want to behold you. We want to see you as you are. 
not just to see the outward dimension of you. We don't just want to see your shell. The outward things which you did, we want to see within. We want to look into your soul, Jesus, to look into your heart, look into your life, look into the way of God's life in, your, in you, in you, in you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making, being a mediator of the New Testament. Thank you for mediating this covenant. Thank you for being, they said there's only one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Thank you for staying in that place. You who ever live it to make intercession for us, constantly interceding for us. You are there but your life is speaking. Your blood is speaking. Your blood is speaking. Your testimony, Lord, is speaking. We thank you, Jesus. We allow our heart to fall into brokenness in this blessed season, this season of Easter, this period which we set aside to remember particularly the work that you have done, what you have done for us and for all mankind, Lord Jesus. Come and captivate us, our soul. And and rapture us into the reality of that, oh, of your, of your gift, the gift that you are. Make our heart not oblivious. Heal our blindness. Open our eyes to see, to discern it, to esteem it of great value. Even in a wicked and a perverse generation. Oh, Lord, let the witness of your blood, the voice of your blood always come true. Let it sound in our heart. Thank you, our Father. Let our hearts crumble this morning. That's just our prayer. We just want to, we don't want to live here this morning without, without a sincere encounter Amen. with you, with the reality of your person, with your nature, with your glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Yeshua. 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 Yeshua, 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 Jesus, 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 worship you, worship you, worship you. Come and give us light this morning. Give us more information concerning your offering what you have offered for us to come into. Guide our heart. Bless us. Come on, bless us. Thank you, Father. We bless your holy name. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Can we just celebrate Jesus this morning? Just thank him. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship your name. Thank you. Masala pratuli prehetapano. Apasele hele vebre hele veroholi kaprehel. Epremenokoli hatas. Santo libreheno. Thank you, our Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat>
Let's open our Bibles this morning to um, let's see First Corinthians. Thank you. Glory to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Good morning to you. I'm happy Easter to you too. Praise God. I hope you are enjoying the uh, Easter period, Easter season. Amen. Uh, please, you can also just say hi to somebody, okay? Um, so, yes. Say happy Easter to them. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Pakari Halovsky. Sati Hara Pokra Halovsky. Kapra Horabahana. Thank you, Father. First Corinthians 11. Are you there? They say amen. Okay, I'll read from verse, verse 23. <clears throat> For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Amen. Amen. This do in remembrance of me. And after this manner, the same manner, amen, he, he also he took the cup and when he had sobbed, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it. In what? In remembrance of me. Verse 25 said that after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had sobbed, saying that this cup is the new what? Testament is the New Testament in my blood. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see the book of Revelation. <clears throat> thank you, Father. Please, can we just thank, appreciate the worship team for this morning? <clears throat> thank, thank you guys so much. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 12. 
verse 10, Revelation 12, verse 10, it said that, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven that now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the what? They loved not their lives unto the death. Praise God. Amen. They, loved, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the what? Unto the dead. So, the this word of of their testimony um, is so. The the blood of the lamb, amen, is not unrelated to the what it calls their testimony here. They are not unrelated. They are the two. They are the the instrument of overcoming. So every soul that will overcome him must come into the, must handle the, this thing called the blood, amen, amen. the blood of the lamb and what we call the, the word of their own testimony. Um, in that first Corinthians where we read, he did, it called, it, Jesus was speaking to Paul. That was Paul speaking. And Jesus said to him that this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Praise God. So uh, it's very clear, and not just here, you can go into the Gospels where they had the record of this, of the Last Supper. That Jesus was talking about the Testament in, in his blood. And so it's very clear that if the testament is in the blood, um, and then in chapter 12, this company of people who they call the, or who are the overcomers, who overcame him, um, they call this, it doesn't say that they overcame him by the testament in the blood. It said that they overcame him by, by the blood yeah, of the lamb, but the word by which they overcame, he called it the word of their own testimony, right? It's their own. So it's very clear that there must have been a process through which the testament in the blood became their own. Praise God. It became their own word. It became their own testimony. And so... It is very clear that it's not possible to overcome until the soul receives what is in the blood. That it is, there has to be a way to, for what is in the blood of Jesus to come into the soul and for every person to receive what the blood of Jesus contains. Uh, the, the, our, main, our introduction to the blood, I think almost every one of us in Christianity our introduction to the blood was seeing the blood as something that was um, 
something that was, of course, shed for us. You know, the Bible says that the blood was shed for us for the remission of our sins, of course. And we see the blood as just some kind of payment. That's the initial concept that we have as Christians. Am I correct? And we see the blood as some kind of payment that was made on your behalf. Maybe just a transaction between Jesus and God. Just, you, maybe you were not even there. They just, Jesus just went on your behalf. And then he just maybe he brought his blood to the Lord and then gave his blood and said, okay, I'm paying for this person's sin or I'm buying this person. Praise God. But that is true. And that is accurate. Uh, but that is not all about the blood of Jesus. Um, the Bible makes us to see that there is, that that blood that was able to pay for us, because of course it's by the precious blood of the Lamb that we were purchased, right? When the Bible says that we were purchased with a price, actually that price by which you were purchased, that you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself, but you were purchased with a price. That price is the price of the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. And you know that what gives something a price is the value in it. When you the price, you set a price for something, it's a measure of the value that is inside that thing. So uh, it's clear that the, the, the price upon the blood of Jesus is, is the price of how much does the testament in it cost. Praise God. Because Jesus, he took the cup, right, and Cup, actually, cup. The cup means almost like a measure. It's like a cup is how you you used to weigh things. They weigh things, praise God, by using a cup. So he said, this cup. He said, the cup is the New Testament inside my word. Is the New Testament in my blood? The testimony inside the blood. The cup is the testimony in the blood. Amen. So that cup is talking about the, the weight of the blood. What makes the blood effective? What makes the blood of Jesus powerful? What makes the blood of Jesus of such a great price that it can purchase you from the hands of the devil? Praise the Lord. Is, that, is the testimony that is in the blood. Amen. Amen. And so, but we see that, we've seen that aspect of being payment being made for you. Oh, I belong to Jesus now because, because he paid his blood for me, and that is true. But um, the, the aspect that we need to come more into is, okay, that blood that was paid, it wasn't just a payment alone, that there is a way a person, and that's the, that's the whole concept of the communion table which Jesus Christ gave, was that the, the flesh, not just the blood, the flesh and the blood of Jesus are things that should be consumed by man. They are not just a payment made on behalf of man, that they actually what things that should be what consumed. So if a soul, if the soul is able to add themselves to the people who that blood is bought or purchased for, and let me just mention something to everybody. Praise God. Is that when it comes to the payment for sins, that just that legal transaction in the spirit of the blood of Jesus being paid, 
that one wasn't just done for Christians. And it's not the day that you got born again that they paid for your sin. Amen. It's not that aspect of it. It's once and for all. Jesus just did it once and for all. And he did it for everybody. So it's not a case of the day you agree, maybe they will send a preacher to you and say, okay, will you agree to give your life to Christ? You say yes, and the preacher will say, okay, God, I've, 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 this one has agreed, so can you pay his own portion to God? That's not how it's done. Amen. Jesus, for once and for all, for everybody, any human being, can you imagine what kind of a thing is that? What, you have to wonder what is in that blood that can... It means that even the, the iniquity that men who, have not, who are not even born yet will commit, all of their sins that they will do upon the earth, that when you check inside the blood, there's been an account for all of those things. What is sacrifice, right? Praise God. And so he paid for, he said, John said, Behold, the Lamb of God has taken away the sins of the world. That everybody... There's no, there's no body on the earth, even the unbeliever today who hates God, has been, his own sin has been paid for already. Do you understand what I mean? So what I'm saying is that the payment, that transaction of paying for sins is not conditional on giving, someone giving themselves or getting born again. Praise God. The same way something can be purchased for somebody, but they might not even know. You can go and buy a car in my name and the paperwork and my name is there. You do everything. You pay the money. As far as legally concerned, it, it belongs to me. But I could be oblivious my whole life that you ever did that, that I ever owned a car. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So when you see the unbeliever on the street, you, you're looking at people who Jesus has already paid things for. Jesus already, he has cleared all their debt. All the debt that they will ever owe Jesus. Oh God. So it means that anybody who will go to hell or lake of fire, it won't be because they are owing God. That will not be the accusation that God will have for any soul. That, oh, you owe me a debt. Or, are, you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? But before, 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 we, we, we owed a great debt. Before Jesus Christ came to settle the debt for humanity, we owed a great debt to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? But, so what will send people to, to, to hell or to destruction is not because they are owing God something. It's because when God looks at them, they are deficient of something. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, not, it's never going to be a legal argument that will send people to hell in that sense. It's going to be more of the, what the person, whether they chose to receive the, the receive, whether they chose to receive the nature that Jesus' sacrifice made available to man. Are you seeing the difference? So, is, is, this redemption thing is hard to understand. Sometimes when I even go there, just meditating, I just leave it. I'm like, ah, this thing is, <laughs> this thing is too, uh, praise God. 
to be able to see all the fullness of the sacrifice of Jesus, how one man's offering can take care of everybody, everybody's sin, those who yet unborn, and all of that, praise God, to, and then to see, the, to see the full scope of redemption. Is, is difficult to see the full scope. It takes a lot of help by, its, by the Lord, by the Spirit of God, to begin to, to begin to unveil all that God did. You know, that, to solve that problem of man, man's separation, the evil that Satan originated from Eden. To solve the problem of it, all the things that God did, there are very, very many in the Scripture. Praise God. And the, one of our great blessings, the, the great blessing and the calling of the church is to come and excavate the knowledge, to come and discover the remedy of all that God did to save men from their trajectory of sin and the trajectory of death. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so it's very clear. You can see um, that there are, two, there are two main sides to what Jesus Christ did. There is the side that is already applied to you, as to your spirit, and, then, and that has applied to the spirit of every man. In terms, when I say applied, I mean in a, in a transactional sense, in the realm of the spirit, because there's also, that thing also exists in the spirit. Amen. To fulfill that, Jesus Christ did that already. But then there is the, there is the work of you, of the soul, then, then coming to each individual soul to fix the problem inside each individual soul. So it's very clear that the work of redemption is not complete. And sometimes that's where the new creation, hyper new creation guys miss it, is that they only see that transactional aspect of it. And so okay, as long as that transaction has, has been made, we are all okay. But is not complete. That's only one side of redemption. Do you understand what I mean? There's, um, the other side of redemption is the, is the actual reason for redemption. You see, it's not wise to talk about redemption without then bringing it home to the actual point. The real point that this man is a sinner. That's why Jesus Christ came. That we are all sinners. Men born on the earth were born into sin. But you can't finish the... If the provision does not end with a man being delivered from sin, where he is no longer sinful, then it means that that provision has not been fully actualized. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So, uh, what this verse is saying here, this, um, when, they, when they now begin to speak about the testament, anytime you hear, you hear the, the testament in the blood, what they are saying, they are not speaking about the payment of something. The testimony in the blood is talking about that which is in the blood, which every man needs to know. The meaning of a testament is the, is the bringing to light of an established will. Right? The, the last will and testament of somebody. Is the, and that thing has to be read. If someone passes away, they have to read the testament. Okay, how does, what does this person want to be done with his estate? You have to read the will and the testament. Praise God. So, so the, testament, the, is, the testament is something to be engaged with. 
right, is something that should be what? Engaged with. So it means that there's an aspect of the blood of Jesus that every soul, every single soul must be engaged with. And that part is the testimony. In other words, the testimony in the blood is what is the blood saying? Amen. Sometimes we, can't, we don't see the blood as a speaking thing. We don't see the blood as a speaking thing, as something that is actively speaking, that's actively ministering, and that's actively saying something to us. Praise God. But the blood is that way. And the concept of blood speaking is not, we saw it right from Genesis. In, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, was it, it was Abel. Praise God. When God said, I think chapter 4, I think Genesis chapter 4, when God said that the blood of your brother is crying to me, let's see that. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis chapter 4, verse 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? Right? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me. From where? From the ground. Amen. And now thou art thou caused from the earth, which had opened her mouth toward receive thy word, thy, blood, thy brother's blood from thy hand. So now you say, okay, what is the meaning of that? How was the blood crying? Now, it's very clear that when God, when God is seeing blood, God is not just, it's not just, blood is not just a red liquid. Now, the blood of Jesus, which paid for your sin, which contains the testament and all of that, it's not just the physical red liquid. By the same way, the, the blood of Abel wasn't just talking about, even though, yeah, he was killed physically, there was blood on the ground, but the Blood on the ground, speaking of Abel, is not the physical blood. And this is an interesting concept because it's, this is where you begin to fetch the understanding of how physically killing Jesus, physically killing a man, can affect the spiritual destinies of billions and billions and trillions of people who, who will walk the earth and who will come to the earth. Linking physical killing of a person to what? Aha. You see that. So you see that this thing has happened in a sense before. And in, in Cain and Abel, um, the uh, Cain and Abel, Cain killing Abel is, it, is a type of the offering of Jesus. It's a type. Those are spiritual types in the Bible. The same way, because what killed Abel, it was the same sort of thing. It was a, a kind, it was something in man. The same kind of thing in Cain that killed Abel was the same kind of thing that was in the, those men who killed Jesus. Judas and his cohorts and all those people. Praise God. The same kind of thing in, in, in Cain. So it was Cain, it was sin. Right in Cain, seen in Cain that that killed what Abel. So when Abel was killed, 
what had happened was there that a man, a righteous man, was cut off on the earth. Righteous, the action of sin, a sinful, murderous tendency, the murderous tendency of sin that rose against a righteous man, Abel, and then killed him, affected his physical life on the earth, resulting in his blood, in his blood being shed. And then God said that that blood being shed, I could hear the blood. The blood was crying to me from the ground. I could hear the voice of the blood. I could hear the, the sound of the, of the blood. Now, blood doesn't cry. Physical blood does not cry. Praise God. But it means that the blood of Abel was, was a spiritual, I was talking about the, the, the spiritual testimony. So what cries in the blood is the testament. The testament is the, is the, is the, is the record of the, prof, the prophetic record of life that is in the word, in the blood. Praise the Lord. So that prophetic record of life means what Abel, what Abel, all that Abel did with his life. Now, the, when the blood was on the ground, I don't believe that was the first time that God ever heard the, the voice of Abel. Right. God must have been used to Abel's blood speaking. But God's problem was that, ah, this blood is now crying from the ground. It means that somebody has killed him. But normally, God's, God's, God hears the voice, has been hearing the voice of Abel from within his living body. The blood was within his living body, walking, doing things on the earth. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying now? He was doing something, and in his deeds, as he was walking in righteousness, his blood was speaking. You know, in the Bible, they make reference to him, his blood crying from the ground. But in Hebrew, they make reference to his blood speaking, not crying. In Hebrews chapter 11, let's see quickly. Amen. Is anybody ready to be blessed today? Are you sure? Father, we thank you. In Hebrews chapter 11, glory to Jesus. In Hebrews 11, uh, from verse 4. It says that by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was what? Righteous. And then God testifying of his gift, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Now, when he says, by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. He's not saying that 
he is now speaking because he is dead. So what they are talking about here is not talking about his blood crying out from the ground. The, when they say, he being dead, yet speaketh, they are telling that he being dead, is still speaking. That word, yet speaketh, means that even though he is dead, he is still speaking. Yet speaketh. He is still speaking means that he is continuing his speaking. So it means that Abel's, Abel's blood or his life has been speaking since before he was killed by Cain. Do you agree with that? Yes, Praise God. His life has been was speaking since before he was killed. And that speaking means he had a testimony. That Abel had a word, testimony. He had a testimony while he was dead. But when he was alive, his testimony, sorry, when he was alive, he had a testimony. When he died, his testimony continued. His testimony does this word. Continue. Let's read this place again. I love what, the way they put the words together. Here it says that faith, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Say a more excellent. A more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So that word witness is talking about witness which through excellency of sacrifice, he obtained a witness. Excellency of sacrifice, he obtained what? A witness. He obtained witness. The way he obtained witness was true excellency of sacrifice. Now, you say, what does this thing mean? What witness did he obtain? You say, well, it clearly means that because of what he did, maybe God could speak concerning him. That God could witness and say, yeah, aha, this guy, because he offered a good sacrifice. Then, Yeah, so God can speak concerning him. And it's true. It's not a lie. Because see, God testifying of his gift and all that. Uh-huh. So maybe those gifts, you could say those gifts are the animals, the things that he brought. For sacrifice, so you say this place saying, "Okay, God, just testifying that ah, these things, this ram was good. Hey, look at the, look at the shoulder of that thing. Where do you get this kind of thing, Abel? Wow, very nice. I've not seen this kind of. So nobody has offered this thing before. Uh, praise God. But that's not what is all God is saying. There is no way that Abel offered maybe what what animals did he offer? I can't remember. But of the Praise God. He just brought animals of, the, of his field or his husbandry and he offered them to God. And there is no way that when God was seeing that, that God was just looking at that animal. Ah, very fat something. Nice, <laughs> nice animal. That We don't need to go too deep theologically to know that. That is not the way God thinks. Clearly, David said it many times. You take, actually don't take delight in sacrifices. In bond, those things mean nothing to you. Those are not the sacrifice. So it wasn't that in Abel that gave God pleasure. Amen. But God looked unto him in the book of Genesis. The Bible says that God took delight in Abel and unto his offering. It doesn't say God was just delighting in the, looking at the offering. It says he took delight in him. Do you agree with that? Let's see that in Genesis chapter 4. Praise God. Thank you.
glory to or respect. Say God had respect. Praise God. And verse 4, and Abel he brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. So, so really what qualifies the offering is actually Abel. So when you say God had respect unto Abel, amen, that that respect was talking about how it was how Abel himself in that sacrifice that there's something in Abel that was talking to God. Something was speaking to God from within the man as he was, he was bringing the sacrifice. God was just watching him. That sacrifice would have taken many things. The, while he was, the time when he was thinking concerning what to offer, making decision of offering, he was already talking to God. Because how he was making decision might be different from how Cain would make his own decision. There's a different kind of process of mind. Praise God, as mine now, every t- as he was thinking concerning the offering, oh, what should I give to God? What should I choose to God, to give God? As he's talking, making such decision, it's in decision like that, that voice goes up. So when a man is thinking, making judgment, making calculation, something inside him is speaking. There is a conversation of blood. Right? It's, a, it's a blood conversation. It's something within... That thing, whatever is informing the decision making, is is talking spiritually. He's saying something. It's a testimony. As a soul is making decision concerning things that should be offered to God. What's happening there? There's something speaking on the inside of the soul. Praise God. So God had respect unto him and unto his offering. Then in Hebrews chapter eleven. He said that, let's read that verse 4 again, Hebrews 11 verse 4, he says that by, by faith Abel offered unto God a, a more excellent sacrifice, a more excellent what? Sacrifice than, than what? Uh, than Cain, by faith. What was the faith that he used? Faith is very clear according to Romans chapter 8 that the just shall, sorry, Romans chapter 1, that the just shall live by faith. Do you agree with that? He was talking about not being ashamed of the gospel of Christ and all of that. Amen. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. He said, as it is written that the just, that word just means he that is, is righteous. Praise God. He that is righteous here, he says that he obtained witness that he was righteous or he was just. Means that at this point he received witness of his justification. By faith, when he offered a more excellent sacrifice, God had to witness somehow something. He received a witness from God about his word justification. As it's written that the just shall live by faith. So it means that what God justify in men is life. That the just shall live by faith is actually the just shall have life by faith. The way the life of the just is given. The way the just has life, amen, is by what? Is by faith. Praise the Lord. Now, God, that by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by, by which he obtained witness. So, you see that obtaining of witness 
like I said, it's more than God just saying, ah, I testify, this guy is good. When it says a person has obtained witness, it means that it's that thing which is inside the person that will, that God can attest to. Or what God can say, what God can approve concerning a person. <laughs> so what God approve, will approve concerning a person, the truth is that what happens, the, there is a constant conversation between man and God. Every soul is having a conversation with God. Every time, you might not be thinking about God. You might be thinking of something else, doing something else. But as you are doing that thing, something inside you is talking to God. And then sometimes what that thing is saying, God is saying, I don't accept this thing. This is your resolution. This is your argument. This is your decision. This is your judgment. This thing you, this your, like it was, imagine, imagine what was happening when Cain was doing his own. When Cain, it means something in the judgment of Cain, as Cain was choosing sacrifice, sin was involved in that choice. Sin was involved. Yeah, did he, sacrifice? Did he obey God? Yes. God said, let you do sacrifice. It was time for sacrifice. He brought sacrifice. But somehow, in his own sacrifice, what his own blood was saying to God, God said that what you are saying, we can't, I can't verify that what you are saying is, is correct, or is an, is, an, is an accurate record. It's not an accurate testimony. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. So, the, the, the purpose of sin, what sin does is to man is to alter the correctness of the, of the sound, the sour of a man's, a man's blood. The voice to alter the content, put error into the into the conversation of a man's blood. What a what a man's life is saying, upwards. Let there be error, so that God cannot testify concerning your righteousness. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? So it's very clear from Cain and Abel that the way sin, sin's mode of operation is not to, is not usually to, that when it's time, the Bible says it was time to give off. Let's read a little bit of that Genesis just to pick some things in that Genesis chapter 4. Thank you, our God. We give you praise, Jesus. We, we just follow you this morning. We ask you bless us. Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. <clears throat> so, okay, and verse, verse 3 says, In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, okay? Brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, Right? And then Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to what? And to his what? His offering. Thank you, Jesus. Now you can see that um, from what I'm seeing here, I'm not seeing that God commanded them to come and offer. 
Does the Bible say that somewhere? So it wasn't like God said, okay, I'm, I need an offering right now. So both of you bring offering. It was just saying that in the process of time, in the process, so there's a way we think about obedience as obedience is just, I heard God's voice say, hey, my son, wake up, do this. Then God is now watching. Will you do exactly what I said? And then if you don't do it, then you have failed God. Then you, you go and repent. Um, but you see that this issue happened just in the process of time. What does it mean of in the process of time as life was going on? As life was what? Was going on in the process of time. In the process of time. He chose. Cain, Cain chose. And what compelled Cain to give. And it's even interesting. What I find interesting too is that it wasn't even that Abel gave first. I mean, from what I'm seeing here, he said Cain first. Verse 3. Cain first. So even if you want to say, ah, Abel was a bad, Cain was a bad guy, he wasn't even thinking about God at all. It's just because he saw Abel offering that he went to go and copy Abel and then did it, did it anyhow. That's not what they're saying. It wasn't, if anybody copied, it was Abel that copied because Abel came after Cain. He mentioned Cain first. So it means that inside of sinful Cain, there was also, in the process of time, he was still thought about offering things to God. That Cain, as evil as he was, he was still thinking about offering. Do you get what I'm saying? So this tells you that it's not... Now, somebody with a naked eye looking at them, ah, Cain is a nice guy now. Didn't he try? At least he even offered. I'm sure there are people who didn't offer anything. <laughs> are you getting what I'm trying to say? So Cain, um, he, was, he had the thought about offering, which is what each of us has. Each of us have that thought about offering to God. There's something about the soul of man that in the process of time, you think about offering. So it's very clear that sin, sin does not stop the thought of offering things to God. Do you see that? That sin, that's not the way sin operates. Sin, that's, that's the way we feel, you feel sometimes that just being a Christian or going to church has something to do with your sinfulness. It has nothing to do with sinfulness. Sin can enjoy, church can be like an AC room for sin. Just enjoyment. Sin can just relax in the church and just put his leg up and just be chilling. That, are you getting what I'm saying? It's very, very possible. Unless it's a church that has the tools to tamper with the comfort of sin. There are, there are specialized tools in the gospel. The, the gospel gives specialized tools to tamper with what the comfort, the com, say comfort, the comfort of sin. It's not easy to disturb the comfort of sin. Because sin can morph. Sin can give sacrifice. Sin can pray. Sin can give offering. Sin can sing. Sin can dance. Sin can be a worker in the church. Sin can preach message. Sin can give revelation. Sin can heal the sick. Sin can raise the dead. 
Do you understand? Now, all those things I mentioned, is there, is there anything left in what Christians do? Generally, there's not too much left. Sin can go and do crusade and get people born again. Praise God. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? But So to be able to tamper with the, the, the comfort of sin at the point where God began to say, okay, let's now begin to, can we address sin? They had to, that was one of the main reasons for the institution of the priesthood. The purpose of the priesthood is to, a priest are people who God has first of all separated and then God has taken them into his school to be able to, you see this thing called sin. I have to give you an eye to see what sin is. Sin is a, sin is the product of a cherub, a wise master, and a product of a high spirit. Praise the Lord. And so that sin cannot be demystified without special kind of help, special kind of eyes, special kind of sight. Seeing, let's see the conversation Cain had with God. Let's just read a bit more in Genesis chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. So, it's verse, verse 4. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, he was very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, seeing what lieth at the door, and then what unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt what? rule over him. Amen. That's, this sin light at thy door, thou shalt be his desire, and then thou shalt rule over him. That word rule over him is not poor language. Sin should no longer have dominion over you, and then all of that. This, is, this ruling over him actually means sin will be ruling you. But this is a scripture with a sense saying that sin does not rule men. By ruling over them. Sin doesn't rule men by ruling over them. It's obvious. Sin doesn't rule men. If a man sinned by force, he hasn't sinned. Do you understand what I mean? That when you say, when the Bible talks about sin, the dominion of sin, it's not, ah, sin is dominating me. What can I do? That's not really the real domain. Anytime a soul is fighting and say, I don't want to do this thing, I just, that soul, sin is not having dominion. Sin is not having, that's not the way the dominion of sin operates. Praise God. Where sin is having dominion is where men are using sin. Where men are using sin, where men, where men are reigning with sin. That sin has mingled with their own will to a point where sin is not detectable. They can't detect that what they are doing, they don't feel is sinful. Are you getting what I'm saying? They don't feel is what? Sinful. So it's not that thing of sin just ruling over a person. 
sin is a tool of dominion. When I say dominion, I mean the sin will will speak to the present and say, there's a way you can have dominion in the present. But just through this method, through that method, through the other method, but those methods are wisdoms which sin has brought. Uh So so this is the thing. One of the main the main sign of sin, the, the way of operation of sin, is that sin always seeks to put man in control. That's the way sin works. Sin doesn't come to a person and say, I want to start controlling you and using you. Sin doesn't tempt that way. Sin doesn't say, I want to take over your life now. I, I'm going to give you my own will, called the will of sin. And every day I will make you always seek out my will to do. No. What sin will tell the person, sin will tell the person is that, your time has been wasting. You, there are things you need to do. You need to take control of your life. You need to, you need to don't just be existing. It's time to live. Praise God. <laughs> when I was young, when I was young, one of my uncles, <laughs> this is my uncle, he's, a, he's somewhat of a philosopher. You know, he always brings weird thoughts. Like he just, he just likes thinking weird things. You just bring, ah, we're very young then. One day he was just thinking, thinking, like, what was happening? Our uncle came to visit us and he's not playing with us. He's just thinking, thinking. After thinking for a while, he just said, ah, this life. Some guys are living, why others are just existing? (laughs) (laughs) Imagine imagine that kind of depressing thought on a young young child. But that, you know, that kind of thing, you just be in there, remember, vivid memory. As I began to grow, I began to see what he was saying. There was something that he, he, he saw as life. But it's like, he's not able to partake in that thing. So to him, this is just existence. This is not, he's not entered into, these guys are living, they are living life. You know what I mean? By someone is living life. Praise God. So, so the promise of sin is that I, I want to make you live. I want to move you from just existence into living. I want to make your existence count. That's the promise of sin. Sin is like, is an, sin is like an animal that will come to you and say, you won't go too far walking like this. Hop on. Ride me. I can take you there. Do you understand what I'm trying? And when you look, you see other guys riding. <laughs> they are going. Are you, do you understand what I mean? They are, they are moving. Amen. And when you look to the left, to the right, you see guys are always moving. And sin also will also give you lenses to see all the guys who are moving. Make, it will magnify their speed to you. I say, don't worry, don't waste time. Just hop on, man. Let's go. I, I'm not, it's anywhere you want to go. Me, I'm not, I don't have an agenda. I just want you to just... I, I'm just bringing speed to your. I just want to add speed to your life. So, sing. We say, don't worry. You are in control. Isn't it your dream, your vision? It's not about your dream. Your what you want to be. That thing that your they saw concerning you when you were little. That great dream. What you ought to become. Don't worry. It's it's not about my own thing. It's just that thing you that thing you want to become. Just hop on. And I will take you there. <laughs> there you get what I'm saying? 
That was what Adam and Eve saw in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When they look at the tree of life, they see patience, waiting, dead towards the outward kind of you know, living that they see, ah, it's a tree of life. You know, when you look at tree of life, you, see, you can see that. Most likely, if you look now, that's what you will see. You will just see, when you look at a tree of life, you will see a program to end you fi- completely, to finish your existence as you know it, to finish, are you get what I'm saying? Where, to, to make you to a point where, you know, where you don't even have a single right at all. You don't have a single, there's nothing left for you to enjoy. Yes. I'm talking about naturally speaking. Now, but really, that, that tree of life is a, is a life of enjoyment. It's a life of everlasting and eternal enjoyment. But the eye would have to be, be washed away from seeing sinfully. They have to change the taste buds of the soul to make the soul appreciate another kind of enjoyment for you to see the tree of life as life. So that was what Abel and sorry, Adam and Eve saw in that tree of life. They saw process, patience, transformation. How can man hop into the thinking of God? The way God is, how can a man take that, bridge that gap? That was what the tree of life, you know that kind of thing is not a small knowledge. <laughs> Imagine a tree that can give a promise of the eternal life of God, offering a promise of God's eternal life to a soul. So the tree will show all the, the kind of deaths a man needs to die to awaken in God's presence and in, in the life of God. It's not an easy thing. It's not palatable to man. But you see then the other tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they look at it, it's good for food, able to make man wise. So it means that on that tree they were seeing vehicle, movement, movement, how to move. Are you seeing this earth? This is a, imagine Satan talking to Adam. Say, Adam, look, at, look around you. Look at this earth. This is a virgin creation. You know what I mean by virgin? It's just set there waiting. Never been tampered with. Never been touched. Then you say, Adam, okay, then look inside you. Look at all your equipment. The equipment of your cerebra. If your mind handles the earth, what would you produce out of it? If you, if you say you want to begin to move into this earth and begin to do things, what, what will you create? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the that's that's language of seeing. See, possibility. Possibilities. Possibilities. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That was, what, that was the scene that you saw at, at, with Cain. That was talking to him, talking to him, talking to him, talking to him. Why was seen knocking at his door, knocking, seeing light at that door and knocking, constantly waiting? The same way Jesus will stand at the door of your heart and knock, and if you want to open, he will come and sup. Sin was also knocking at the door of Cain's heart and talking to him. Sin standed at the door of his heart. And if, if sin stands at the door, it means that he was constantly hearing the voice of sin. Constantly hearing the voice. Sin did not move. Sin built his own shelter at his door. Maybe at first, Cain was trying to resist. He said, no, 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 our father is Abel. 
Adam taught us no, that only God, we have, to, we have to devote our life fully to God, think only concerning God and everything. And sin, we say, okay, okay, I understand, yeah. No, I'm, I, didn't, I just came to, just to give you another side. There's something else. I'm not coming to tell you to do anything. I just want to inform you of some things that are outside that you need to know about. Amen. Then Cain will feel like he has told sin. Sin, no. Not me and you. And then he will sleep and wake up. Next morning, sin will wake him up with a very nice music. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm still here by the door. Praise God. That's how sin is. When you... That's why you can't just quote scripture to sin. That's where we, we fail. You think by quoting a scripture, sin will run away. Ah, sorry, that scripture is too heavy for me. I can't deal with that scripture. Well, I, I, I didn't know that. Ah! I've never heard that scripture before. There's a scripture like this. Ah, I'm afraid. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? It's not... You, you are quoting scripture. Sin has built... As sin is swung at the door to talk to you. Sin, there's, 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 the, there's the resilience of sin. Sin is resilient. Sin, sin does not break. They are talking about sin. Sin has angelic strength. You know how they made angels? When God made angels, an angel is a being. Angels are terrible beings. An angel is a being that's living. But it's made to, if they put him here, stay there for eternity. Don't move. Just stay in that spot. That's the strength of an angel. An angel is a, is a, is a, is a being. It's different from how they made the soul of man. It's a different kind of soul. Man has a different soul because man was made to journey by growth. Man, was, man wasn't meant to be stationary. Man was made to be moving and be increasing. And be growing. Angels were not made that way. He said, I have set this soul. That's how angel, an angel should just be how he is and never change. So, for a living entity with a will to be that way, there must be some power that they have to stay in that position. You're seeing, you're seeing the strength. That, so, that's angelic strength, is the strength behind sin. When you wonder, why is sin the way it is? Why is sin the way it is? Why can't, why can't this sin just get tired of me one day and then hop to my neighbor and that, go and trouble him a little? Why will it stay? That was Paul's lamentation. After I've done everything, I still found something else. I'm not that law in my member. Walking against the law of my mind. It's, it's just there. In Romans, he said, this, the sting of death is sin. And I spoke about the strength of sin is the law. What is the meaning of a law? A law is not a suggestion. A law, a law is not a directive. Law is not a mandate, like we have Mark's mandate. Law means that which is set. Law is designed to never be broken. It's like gravity. Gravity. Gravity can never change his mind. Okay, you can. Let me let you guys fly for just one day. You can all fly, and then uh, you get to what I'm saying. It's not up to emotion. It's not up to feeling. It's not up to. It's just a law. A law is just a law. So the strength of seeing that what 
the strength, the, uh, the, the constant perpetuity of the existence of sin is stemming from its law nature. It's the law, it's the strength of sin. Call it the law of sin and death. It's the law of sin and death. Praise God, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law. So sin and death is not a feeling. What they came to make you free from is not the feeling of sin and death. Ah, I feel like sinning today. The day you feel like sinning, and that day you don't feel like sinning, you just don't feel like sinning, but sin is still there. Another day it will come, you will feel like it, because it's a law. It's a law, it sits as a law. Do you see what Cain was going through? Because his parents had opened the door to another tree. Why did they typify those lives by tree? A tree is, a, is something that is planted. When you come outside, you play, then you go home and sleep. Tree doesn't go home to sleep on his bed. Tree has no bed. Tree has no walk. It doesn't go to market. A tree does not, it doesn't go and buy ourselves. The tree does not go on vacation. Tree doesn't go and visit his friend. If, he can, if, we, if it by chance we have friend, his friend must be planted beside him. <laughs> That's the only friend, the tree. And that one friend, he can never get angry with him and, and say, bye-bye, I'm going, I don't like you anymore. I don't like, uh, I'm going to the orange family, I don't like mangoes anymore. You can't, a tree can't do that. Human beings do those things. Are you seeing why they typify those laws as trees in the garden? They are, they are, they are established, they are planted. So, Sin is actually a planting in man. If righteousness is a tree, the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, Isaiah chapter 60, 61, praise God, that you might become the tree. That's what God wants to make you. Make, let's make you by another law and into another kind of tree as well. Tree of righteousness. So if righteousness can be a tree, it means sin can be a tree too. And actually sin is actually a tree. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you see what was worrying with Cain. So it means that because of constant conversation, imagine sin constantly speaking to him and breaking down the fabric of his heart. Conversation after conversation, tilting his resolve, how he, his heart is positioned toward God. Be, just compromise by compromise by compromise by compromise. And then after a while, in the process of time. Now, let me ask you a question. What, else, what has Cain been doing in the process of time? Because it means as time was going, then this, this particular event that led to the killing of Abel happened. But I bet that's not the first thing that, this might not have been the first sacrifice that he might have offered. They just told you the one that resulted in him killing his brother. Right? We don't know what else has been ongoing. Say process of time. Just in the process of time, he just went to take his offering. But at that time, there was something, that the investment of sin in him has become so much. Praise God. So the point I was trying to make is that Cain, Cain's life has been what? Speaking. The way Abel's life has been what? Speaking. 
And I said that the, what sin comes to do in a person's soul is to alter what your life is saying. In the realm, in the spirit, they can hear, they hear voices. They hear lives of people. Everybody's life is saying something. Everybody's life is saying something. Amen. But it's not every life that is worth paying attention to in the spirit. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, quickly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. It says, verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, right? By which he obtained witness that he was what? He was righteous. And God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. So by that, by what he did, praise God, with his life, by his righteousness. So he obtained witness that he was righteous. By it, he being dead, what? Yet speaketh. He being dead, yet speaketh. Amen. So the reason why the Lord wants so the, the, the New Testament is given um, is so that the, the reason for the Testament is to change the... Now, there is no New Testament unless there is... is the, the New Testament is what comes to replace what is old in the, inside the soul. Uh, the soul has an old conversation, which he has. Amen. But the New Testament is talking about, they want to change the sound of the soul. What is the soul saying towards God? And the only way you can change that is by bringing in another revelation or bringing in another will to the soul or another testament, another testimony to the soul. Praise God. Now, you, the process of giving testimony, changing the testimony in his heart is the same process of losing, one, losing your life. The process of receiving another testimony is, cannot, that cannot happen without the person losing their word, your life, because the life is what testifies Right, the life in the heart is what is the what is the testimony to God. That's what God receives. So in Jesus' sacrifice, it's not just a legal thing that Jesus Christ did, is that Jesus wants to wants to change the what, what is inside a person, to change the conversation, the voice, what's the content of what the life of the soul is saying up to God. That Jesus has to change that conversation. And the only way you can do it is by bringing it another word, testament, another covenant. So they overcame him in Revelation chapter 11, chapter 12. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Revelation 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the what? By the word of their testimony. And you see that they love not their lives unto the death. means they love not their lives until their lives died. 
they love not their lives until their what? Their life died. So the if they were if they were not loving their life, then it means that they were loving something else. If they're not loving their life, it means the way to kill your life is not to love it. Right? If you are still loving your life, the life will not die. It is the process of not loving your life that your life dies. So, the, if the life dying is the same thing as receiving of exchange of testimony, what the soul is saying, we've seen that very deeply. We're talking about the prophecy, the witness within the heart, all of that. So what the heart is saying is this, the soul dying has to do with the exchange of testimony. And now it says, they love not their lives until death, until that life was completely gone, right? So it means that the way of receiving the testament is in transaction of loves. Love. No soul can receive the testimony, a new testament, without a shift in what the soul loves. What, what the shift of love of the soul is how they, they write a new testament within the heart. Do you agree with that? There has to be a shift in what? In aha, uh-huh, in where the soul love. What is soul love? Now, in the journey of a soul, you don't talk about cha- change of testimony to a soul until the soul has arrived at the place of love conversation. So, in the, in the journey in Christ, do you agree with what I'm saying? In the journey of Christ, <clears throat> it means that somebody who is in Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, say, now abide at these three, faith, hope, and charity. And of this, charity is the word, is the greatest. What's the meaning of that? Thank God for faith. There's faith. Faith, they abide at these three, faith, hope, and then there's charity. But they now pick charity out of the three. And say, so out of these things, actually, charity is what? They say, charity is the greatest. Right? Charity is the greatest. So it means a, a soul that has inherited the faith of Christ, but has not yet inherited the charity of Christ, has not yet go, gone through the transaction of receiving the testimony of Christ. We separated that the witness into two. Right? There's the there's what you call the witness of the olive witness, which is the witness of the life of God. And there's what you call the, the, the witness of the candlestick or the fairy witness, which is the witness of the life of Christ. I remember that what we said was that those two witnesses are two different life spirits. 
right? There are two different words. Life spirit. The witness of, of Christ is talking about is the spirit of life in Christ. Or the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Why the other one is the spirit of life from God according to uh, Revelation chapter 11. You, you see what I'm saying? So that spirit of life in Christ, I'm talking about that spirit of life in Christ, um, is very clear that just having alone the faith of Christ, and that faith also birthing the hope in the realm of Christ to a level, is not fully, doesn't result in a person who heaven can record a righteous, fully accurate, pleasing, or let me use the word respect. There is no respect for a soul in Christ. In other words, they don't, they, in heaven, they don't respect a soul as Christ. Unless what happened, that soul has come into the love. Unless their journey in Christ has shifted their love. What they love. It's not too easy. They ask, that's why we need the light of Scripture to define things. With, without the light of Scripture, you can't differentiate between a person who has access to the faith of Christ, but yet whose love hasn't been tampered with. Because you can't tell. Because such a person, if you have the faith of Christ, most likely it means you have the revelation of Christ. Right, because the revelation of Christ is from faith to faith. So actually, revelation sits as faith in the heart. Praise God. Now, that faith, someone can have the faith of Christ, but not yet have the testimony of Christ. A soul can have the faith of Christ. These are things that we have to use words by scripture. To, they have to use scripture to show it and paint it so that we can, we can file in well in our journey. So, that, so you shouldn't make mistake of relaxing when you haven't gotten there. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the reason for doctrine is to prevent such a thing from happening. So that the purpose of doctrine and the clarity of doctrine, right division of doctrine, is to clearly paint the full picture to the soul. So you can have a way to measure your journey, yes. to measure your journey, to measure your inheritance. So it's, it's clear that the provision of the blood of Jesus, which we are celebrating in Easter, is not something that is given without a syllable. Mm. It's not something, it's not just an oblivious abstract, oh, blood of Jesus, we thank you, we receive it, we, pray. we even plead it on, on the road. We are traveling, I plead it on the road, plead it on car, plead on all kinds of things. You get what I'm saying? That, and so there's I love is there's an oblivion, we're oblivious to that the blood is actually a school. Yes. The blood is Jesus, Jesus Christ, he, he measured, he took a measure. The cup was teaching something. Mm. And this is not just something that, um, praise God, it's not just a cliche. Right. It's not just a cliche that, oh, we just a blood, 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 Jesus, blood of Jesus. No, no, it's not a cliche. Look, he, 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 he typified it say, in the same manner. He took it. The way he first took the bread and he broke the bread. 
That was typifying something. That breaking of the bread. There's a revelation concerning that broken bread. The, the breaking of Jesus. There's a way that heaven determined that he must be broken. Heaven, Satan, heaven oversaw the breaking of Jesus through, through Satan. There's a way that, there's a way they designed for them to break the man. The breaking of Jesus wasn't just on the cross. Before his body was ever touched, his soul had been broken. Judas was chipping at the soul of Jesus, breaking him. Was breaking him, breaking him. Go and, go and live with somebody who is against you for one day, you understand? What, was, what Jesus was going through. It's not that Jesus, you know there's a different thing between, ah, this guy has been against me all this time. Well, you've been living with me for years. I didn't know. Hey! You know that kind of thing? Judas, is it you? <laughs> Imagine putting us in that situation. Some of us will lose our mind. You lose, you will, you will go crazy. Like Peter went crazy. Peter was just, Peter lost his mind. He just, he, he, he almost, maybe that. You know, he cut off the guy's ear. Well, I'm sure he wasn't aiming at ear. He was aiming somewhere. You know, that, <laughs> was aiming somewhere else. I, I cannot say, Peter, Peter just went. What is going on here? Ah! But thank God for Jesus. So, Jesus, it wasn't that thing of just bringing up a surprise. No. For three and a half years, he knew him. Every morning, they eat together, they drink together. He knew who he was. You think that Jesus was not, wasn't being broken? Is it easy? Go and try it. So, you know, you know the, when Jesus wakes up, he wakes up into death. When he sees Judas' face, he has to, there's a dying for that day. When he's just that face. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> because of, think about all the different thousands of things Jesus could do in that one. Just, it's not to even... Insulting him. I know you're the one. I know you're, no, no, it's just, it's just, it's just, just to let him know, just to lead to, just to, there's Jesus can just put something to make you know that I know you are. I, I know what's happening inside of you. I know what you are thinking. You know, you know we have skill. It's still our skill. You, so you can, you can drop a hint without really, you can, you can drop, you know, you, you can drop a hint. When God was not having respect to Cain's offering, Cain knew what things he did. We might not know. In the selection of the offering, now he was making decisions. He knew there are some things there. Soul is complex, soul is deep. So someone pleasing God is not an outward. Ah, we are all here, we are all worshiping God, we are open, Bible is open. We are, ah, praise God, hallelujah, everything. That's God doesn't look there, man. God look at on the, that area that... That area you feel nobody can ever, ever see. Some of us have sworn that. You see this, all this thing I'm hiding? Nobody can ever journey to. But it's a, it's a discerner of the thought and the intent. Hey. You need to fear God, though. Do you know, do you know that, that your complex, so-called complex, where you hide things? God weave every single thread of it. He's the one who made it. Every, there's no corner in your soul God doesn't know. He made it. He made all the compartments. He knows this, you know the secret corner place where you hide some things there. You can hide, some things you can hide from your wife and your husband. Those secret things that can be hidden. 
So we are all naked before and open. We are naked and open. We are not just naked. It's one thing to be naked. It's another thing to be open. Even a naked person running, they are still closed. <laughs> so you need to fear God that you are not just naked. You are open. Open before, before the eyes of him. The most, your most secret thought, he sees it. He sees it moving. When a thought moves, an evil secret, 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 secret thing that is not too righteous, he can detect it. He knows, the, he knows the movement of that thought. He sees it. He talks to him. The heart speaks to God. Wow. Amen. So when they say scripture, tempted in all points, but yet without sin. It's all simple. He just, he just didn't, he didn't steal. When it was time to steal, he refused. It was time to, to fornicate, he refused. It was time to, you don't understand what you're talking about. You don't understand. You don't understand how many opportunities there can be to sin in one minute. One minute is too long. In 30 seconds. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, so Jesus was being broken, just the presence of Judas. He said, have I not chosen you to have one of you is a devil? I mean, when he was choosing them, he also chose a devil. It means that at this point, he received instruction. Look, when they were telling him, this is how you design the ministry. This is how you, you set up. No instruction for ministry, right? You, praise God. How many of you, when you want to start ministry, you have, your, I have a lot for a devil? That's this one. <laughs> These will be the leaders of the ministry. Out of them, one must be a devil. So you have to go and look for the devil. So, I mean, praise God. Did, do you see how Jesus was choosing them? Jesus did not choose them by, he didn't black, Jesus did not blackmail Jesus to be being a disciple or something. It means that one day, Jesus sought out Judas, knowing who he was, and went to look for him. Follow me. But have you thought about that before? That one day he, he woke up, he put his feet, this thing, combed his beard, or whatever, wore his cloth. Praise God to go and what? You know the way he called Peter and his and his brother. Come out, I'll make you fishers of men. Don't worry. Was follow me, follow me. One day he went to Judas too and called Judas, knowing who he was. You know, I'm going to choose the devil that will betray me. Those are, those are no ordinary instructions. You can't give that instruction to an ordinary kind of person. Praise God. Hebrews chapter, chapter 12. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and then despised the shame. It's not, look at those two things there. It's not just the enduring of the cross alone. He also, what does it mean to despise the shame? Sometimes the shame can be more difficult than the cross. 
The shame can be heavier than the cross. Most times the shame is heavier than the cross. Even while he was hanging on the cross, he has already hung on the cross. They had deemed, they had brutalized him, everything. He was hanging there in pain. They were, Satan was still manufacturing shame. Yes. 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 The guy on his own, I don't know if he left or right hand, was saying, look, why are you? Are you the Lord? You're the guy who was healing people and miracles and everything. You raised the dead. Ah, what's happening now? <laughs> Some of you, you can endure that kind of guy when you, you're okay, you know, you slept well, you drank your tea, morning tea, and everything, and then someone is trying to tempt you. You can, you can, you quote scripture to them and say, Look, I don't, I'm, it's not a day for that, you know, whatever, I don't care. God is my hope, only Him I look to. He's my shield, He's my covering. And then, well, this is time. This was somebody who was in extreme pain. It was, if, if there's any time to make a mistake, that was the time to make a mistake. It means that there was no mistake in his soul. At that time, just wasn't acting Jesus. That wasn't Jesus acting Savior. It wasn't acting Savior. That they, had, they had finished walking him. There was no... There was no Occasion of stumbling inside of him. What that guy on the cross was trying to pull out of him, the search inside Jesus, it was not found there. The ability to react wrongly and, dis- and, and disobey his father. You were tempting him to jump down from the cross. No, he couldn't. You understand what I'm trying to say? Praise God. So are you seeing that operation inside Jesus? Claiming his blood, his blood, his blood, oh, I'm this, I'm that with his blood, cannot, cannot reproduce that in you. But that's what they want inside of you. They want you to be holy as your father in heaven is holy. That's what they told Jesus. From right from when he was young, he also must have heard it. Be holy as your father is holy. You say, okay, how can I be holy? They started walking with him. And teaching him for years, 30 years upon the earth, he was learning that thing, that holiness. So the reason for doctrine, say doctrine, Doctrine. precept upon precept, line upon line, is to leave no stone unturned. Leave no stone unturned in a soul. It's not easy to to change a soul meticulously, (laughs) knowing what monster sin is, this elusive, slippery nature, resilient nature. It would take take the, the eyes that sees the full doctrine. It means that redemption is actually a doctrine. Yes, sir. It's a curriculum of things that the soul must know, must join into. So they abide that three, faith, hope, charity. Faith, hope, charity. Those things mean something. Praise the Lord. And he said, but, they are, but of these three, charity is the greatest. Charity is the greatest. So what they, what they exalted was charity. So it means that in this matter of Christ, until it's good, continue, stay with your revelation, 
Stay with your understanding. Hold it. Don't let it go. Wrestle with it. Battle to come into it. Allow that revelation to birth hope in you. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. Your, 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 your life does not testify well in the spirit until the love of that life has appeared in the soul. The fruit of it, the fruit of it is the love. The love conversation. That's the fruit of it. Thank you, Jesus. So when they when they were they were writing, uh, uh, you know, Jesus was a was a terrible scholar, right? Jesus wasn't just a scholar of books. This was a scholar of life. He had read, he has read the life of his father. Thank you, Father. to Jesus. Let's see Matthew. They asked Jesus that what is the what is the greatest commandment? Do you remember that? Where is that place again? It's twenty-two. Right? <clears throat> to Jesus. Verse 37. From verse 35, Matthew 23, 22, sorry. Verse 35, it says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? <clears throat> and Jesus said unto him, That thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, 
Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto, the, unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Praise God. Do you see what they are saying here? So when they say, on these two commandments hang on the law and the prophet, it means that these two commandments hangs the witnesses or hangs the testimony. Praise God. You know why you relate, when they say law and prophet, you know that those are the two witnesses. The completeness of witness is those two dimensions. In Revelation chapter 11, when they describe the two witnesses, <clears throat> chapter 11, verse 6, it says that these have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. That is Elijah. Hmm? That was the sign of Elijah. We want to summarize Elijah's sign, the sign of Elijah, was that ability to shut down heaven for it not to rain. And then, and have power over water to turn them to blood. That's Moses. Right? So, Elijah and Moses, and of course, Elijah and Moses are the two people who came to the Mount of Transfiguration to bear witness to Jesus. One representing the law, Moses. Elijah represented the prophets. So those two elements combined together is what you call witness within the heart. There's a law, we spoke about it a little bit, but God will help us later to look more into what does it mean to the law side of witness and the prophetic side in terms of the soul having the witness in the heart. But what Jesus Christ was saying in this Matthew chapter 22 that on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. It means that witness spiritually in the heart, or when you say witness, the testimony in the heart of a soul hinges upon two commandments. Now, the answer is, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus mentioned, this one is the greatest. Then he said, the second is like unto the two. But those two commandments, the God gave ten commandments to Moses. These two that he mentioned are not even in any, number one to ten, you can't find them in all the commandments. But Jesus said commandments are actually two. It means you can summarize five under the love of God. Go and check it. The first five has to do with God. Second five has to do with what you do with your neighbor. You can go and read the Ten Commandments. First five has to do with God. Second five has to do with your neighbor. So it means that the first five sum, sum up to loving the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. 
This is the first and the great commandment. It means the first, the five, resolves into one. And Jesus said the second, like as if there are only two, because there are only two when you summarize it. The second is like unto the first, thou shalt love thy word, neighbor. So it means that he reduced commandment to love. So, so it means that a soul that hasn't arrived at the love, whatever you are learning, forget about anything you are learning, if you haven't arrived at the bearing the fruit of love of that thing, you don't have it yet. It does not speak in the spirit. And that, ah, your revelation, wow, look at that awesome revelation, wonderful. You, you learned heaping revelation or revelation upon revelation upon revelation. But when heaven come around your soul, they, don't, they can't hear anything. That revelation is not a conversation that rises to heaven. Just your understanding alone of the scripture. It means that the soul is not, doesn't have the witness of those covenant or those agreement until they have borne the fruit of love. It is so, what was speaking in the blood of Abel was, was in, what was speaking in Abel were the aspect of his life conversation that they found the love of God and the love of his brother. And where Abel, Cain made mistake is not loving God. Two things he did. In his sacrifice, love of God was absent. And in his, the handling of his brother, the love of his brother was not there. That was the failure of Cain. You see those two sides together. So, are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you saw Cain's blood was talking about error. Was what was heaven was hearing error, 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 error. This is not, this is not the, the testimony of a man. A man's heart should not have such things. This conversation should not be inside the soul of a man. Mean Cain came into severe bankruptcy of the great commandment. And the second one, that's like unto the first. That's what played out in, in the book of Genesis. <laughs> so, what is the blood of Jesus for? That's what, what this message is to, to tell us tonight. When, I mean, if you, are, you want to come into the, the, what the blood, the, the, the material, the dividend, the provision, the blessing, everything that the blood of Jesus Christ means to you. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. The blood of Jesus Christ is to, is to generate two obedience of the, of the two commandments which God wants every man to obey. You see those two commandments is what they now, the apostle John, his sight. You know when John was teaching about love, he was just talk, touching them, bouncing between the two sides. John, in the book of his epistles of John. Can you love God? You see, if you don't love your brother, who you cannot see. He that loveth not knoweth not God, because God is love was just bouncing between those two because at the end you, you, resolve, you resolve it to two things. Paul wasn't saying he, can, he that cannot have faith, doesn't, cannot move mountain of faith, does, not, does this faith. No, he, has, he has moved into the... He, John's epistle is higher than Paul's epistle. Paul started from the beginning. Paul would talk about faith. He dealt with faith. He hammered faith. He, he explained faith and established faith. 
And then he also painted the hope of the gospel. He painted it with words and all kinds of things. So then he also mentioned love. But John picked the conversation. And this is the, this is the matter here. The matter here is that men are not bearing fruit of love. Their heart. That's, that's the problem God has with men. Men's hearts are not bearing. Bearing the fruit. He that loveth not knoweth not God. They don't, I mean, they don't count you in the realm of knowing God. I have revelation. You're not a knower. Forget about it. Is it revelation you have? What do you have? I'm sorry. Benji, I suffered today. I do, for you get my point. You know, what, what are you bringing, man? Don't just bring revelation to the table. God, this, God wants to change our our, our conversation. Yes. God wants to, they want to move us into another season Amen. where we don't talk revelation, we talk love. Amen. Love is the higher, Amen. is the conversation. Amen. Unless when you land in that world, you've landed in the world of commandment. Where they begin, see, that's the place where heaven gets excited. Heaven gets, when they can begin to command this, oh yeah, do this now. This is how you do it. Yeah, that, come on. That's what, you, that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. It's not every soul that has entered the place of being commanded yet. When, thank God they're excited with revelation. Thank God they like a revelation. They're all revelation boys. But hey, the joy in heaven. When a company of people come to a place where they can be commanded. Where the matter of testimony they are beginning to get to a point where consciousness of what sorrow their life is raising to heaven has become a matter to them. Hey, what a blessed people. What a blessed season. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He that loveth not knoweth not God. Because the knowledge of God is in the realm of love. The fruit of love. So, having insight of doctrine does not equate to knowing God yet. He's good, but it's not yet knowing God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So they love not their life unto death. Right? So how they overcame him is by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their what? testimony, and loving not their life. So without, with the only way you can have the, that word of testimony, it's very clear to you now that word of testimony is not revelation, right? Yes, sir. It's not just revelation knowledge. When they, the word of their, the, so the word of your testimony is not your revelation. The word of your testimony is what the testimony you have inherited is saying. Yes. Wow. The way Abel's blood was speaking. So it's very clear it wasn't revelation of God that Abel had that was speaking. Neither in Jesus' blood. Oh. That blood, which they call it in Hebrews 12, the blood of sprinkling. Let's see that place. The blood of sprinkling. Hebrews chapter 12. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 22 says, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that does what? Speaketh better things than that of so you see them comparing Jesus and Abel. But say this one, this blood of Jesus, it actually speaketh. It doesn't mean that Abel's blood wasn't good. But the blood of Jesus, it speaketh better things. Kai, it speaketh better things. Of course, why does it speak better things? It is better. He is a better man. He speaketh better things than what? The blood of Abel. And then see that you refuse not him that speaketh. Now, what they are saying here is, so it says, for if they escaped not who refused him that speak on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. So, so when they say refuse him, not him that speaketh, they are in saying, do not see that you refuse not what he is saying. That's not what they're saying. Even though you know you should refu- not refuse what he's saying because you must give the more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. Same Hebrews said that. But they're not just talking about receiving what you're saying. The reason why you are receiving what you're saying is so you can get to a point where you can receive him that speaketh. So who they are saying you should not refuse is refuse not him that speaketh. Him. How does, if you should not refuse him that speaketh, there's a way with which you receive him that speaketh. How do you receive him that speaketh? It's very clear that what speaketh is the blood of sprinkling. So it means that your own heart must then be sprinkled upon. It is when the heart receives the blood of sprinkling, you have received him that speaketh. So, receiving of him is the receiving of his blood. And receiving of what his blood has to say. The receiving of his blood is the receiving of his life. Amen. And you can't receive that life except you love not your own life. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Loving not their life unto death. Praise the Lord. So when Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And he was not saying, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So Paul wasn't necessarily just talking about the faith of the Son there. He was just telling you about, it's really that place talking about the life which he is living. That's really the, the, the subject of that Galatians 2.20. The message is the life which he now lives. The life which I now live in the flesh. That was the message. But just telling you, okay, how did I get the life? It's by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it really means the, the message of the word of righteousness is the life 
My point is this. The, the, the reason for the teaching of the faith of the son is the, the, the faith of the son has not been ministered if a soul just only has revelation of that faith or a soul only has that faith. The, the full ministry of word of righteousness is complete when souls can see the life which I now live in the flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? I live by the faith. It's not, I understand faith of the son. I understand the doctrine of faith of the son. I have the revelation of faith of the son. No, you should be able to say, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the word. By the faith. Living by that faith means having the faith of the son. Having the life, sorry, of the faith of the son. And that life is by bearing what? The fruit. The fruit of love. The fruit of love. Amen. This season... Let's just take this as a message from heaven to us. As we are, this solemn time of Easter, as you're thinking concerning Jesus and his sacrifice, let it be an import of what that sacrifice is to you. I want you to be, when you see Jesus, see his life. See his life. And in seeing his life, let, let this season impute hatred for your own life. That's the way to exalt Jesus. You cannot exalt Jesus and love your life at the same time. The more you love you, as you are loving your life, you are making mockery of him. You are saying that this your own life doesn't really matter too much. I actually cherish my own more. I can sing songs about your own nice Easter songs and everything, but really my own life is what really matters to me. I'm okay with it. It's okay. I can participate in activity and all like Cain did. And in, when in the process of time, he also brought his sacrifices, but he kept his life conversation with him. That the Lord is saying, let this Easter be a different one for you. Let this be a time when it dawn, where the hatred for your own life should dawn upon your soul. And you embrace it that this life I'm living right now, I don't like it anymore. I want to live a new life in Christ. Amen. God will help us. Amen. How many of you believe that it's possible? It's possible. It's very, very possible. It's very possible. The life you are, is not something you need to discover by yourself. It's a finished life. It's just that the soul just needs to agree to be commanded. To be commanded into that life. To arrive into that place. Thank you, Jesus. The honor, the greatest honor you can give to him is to put a value in your heart on what, don't act like what Jesus did means nothing. That's what we say when we just go about our own way. We are around his thought, we are around his thing, but we're just strong-headed in a way, just doing our own thing. And uh, we are hostile towards the nature of being commanded, like you are praying, we are praying today. That nature of submitting yourself to a commandment, the kind of commandment that will bring forth the fruit of love. Put love for God, love for our brethren, everything to us. There's a, there's a holy regard, a holy respect as holy people, which we ought to have. The, the world can 
make rubbish of it. The world can live their own way. They can do whatever they want, but not you. You're not allowed to do that. You should live with a reverence for his life. Every time, every time a commandment, instruction is coming from his life to you. Don't take it lightly. Don't count the blood by which you are redeemed a common thing. Celebrate it. There's an inward celebration that God can create in your heart concerning that life. You see it as important, as better. Something to sow yourself into. Something to go after. Something to, and it, it will take, there's a, a meekness, a brokenness that the cross ought to rot in us like he did in Paul where he counted all things done for the excellency of the, of the knowledge. God. So that, that I might know him, the power of his resurrection, that the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable to, to his death. Be made conformable. The Lord will make us conformable. Amen. Conformable to his death. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's just begin to pray. Just bless him and Let's just ask for, let's ask for help. There's a way we ought to carry this conversation. Everyone is looking for people who will carry this conversation in their heart and, and sow their life and themselves into it until, not let it go, until the fruit of it begins to appear. Begin to ask for help in that regard. That the Lord will help you. That every area of weakness where we've not been able to discern him, to discern his blood, to discern his body accurately. Those areas where we've counted it a common thing, where we've not been able to, to really in our heart evaluate the price of the life that's freely been offered to us, that's been given to us for nothing. The life which, the life which uh, he paid for on the earth. We're talking about when dealing with Judas, dealing with, he was doing with that with you in mind. He, he didn't need it. He didn't need it. He was in the form of God. He was equal in that form. But because of you and I, he came, he suffered on the earth, despised the shame. That's Hebrews chapter 12. He said that he who endured so great a contradiction of sinners against himself. But he said, but you, you have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. There's a way you ought to resist unto, the, unto blood, striving against sin. Striving against sin. Not being relaxed about it. Not being passive about it. Re striving against sin unto blood. That's talking about unto the shedding. The shedding of blood. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Just still pray a little bit. Let me give you one minute to pray before we sh share the communion.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I wish you would pray. Thank you, Jesus. These are the things you pray for. You know, it's not of you that will it or of you that run it, but it's of God that showeth mercy. There's a way your heart can be possessed with so much help to handle the blood of Jesus as a thing of great price. Thank you. Shatala parianta prahatari kaboskere he prahata pari heloska. O mamahia, maliha mahati hela privehe. Masata lei krasenta iri kamra hata ikrahelonski helonskeve. Ava fa 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 fa. Ripa kaka kaka li endu seprenda libra harama surya taprihele garihe. Oriman kazihi kali sote karielonske preta li prehelonske. Rika paradoske preta labaruhe ni kambrande li kaiza malu krahata parigaloske. Enfratali katali matulihi prahali prahala 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 brahole prehele praha e prahan sasasa zatala kariela mazuta rata karianta livrehelaoski rambali shatamarada basu rata krese kete krese de merekesko sibra katikrendoli ripan zara pasanta erem posandili prasko sikaresko terigeveheno in Pramvansu su 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 mi Prampali Brahara Barupi Hirika Prahati Remprasi Kaha Rika Patuli Keisa Kete Kerigihi Risata Maori Paharanoski Te Krenduli Kayeli Bahaya Mankata I Prazuza Liprihitusi I Prantili Kandrelesi Antamari Haraboski Thank you Jesus Oh we thank you, we thank you Thank you Lord we thank you, Lord. Thank you. Apostle Paul said that the Lord Jesus, in the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body that's broken for you. Lord Jesus, your body was broken. We are... We don't have a full revelation of what that means. But you're helping us. You're helping us to have a sense. Have a sense that it's beyond just you've been physically beaten. But you were broken. You were broken. For us, not for yourself. As we partake, Lord, of this bread, this wafer, Lord, I'm praying, let there be a spiritual import of what the, the brokenness means. We want to receive blessing of brokenness. The portion of that being conformed to your death, which 
is the breaking of the, your, the, the, your, the body, your body. We ask that you would turn it into a fresh push for us beyond what our will can muster to bring us to share in that brokenness with you. Help every person who partakes of this, those who are here, those at home who partake in one way or the other, begin to experience such things. Thank you, Jesus. Said in the same manner, you took the cup, you blessed it, you supped from it and said, this is the New Testament in my blood, in my blood. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance. We're remembering you, Lord. Thank you for the word. Thank you for ministering to us through this scripture. Every thought bringing a, a remembrance of you in one way or another in our heart. We won't let this stick. May it be our way to constantly remember you. To not leave oblivious to the sacrifice and not just what you paid legally, but Father, that which you want to be wrought in us, which we ought to drink and to embody. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that every soul will partake of this cup. We will not just drink with our mouth and our body, not just this juice or wine, but Lord, open and there are some of us you need to initiate processes. Some of us you need to move further to take the next step to take another a new resolve, a, a new resolution concerning our followership, our pursuit of you. Some of us you need to help. We are in different places, but you are so skillful, such a skillful Savior. By your spirit you can reach our heart for every soul for where we are. Meet us. Pre bring the help. Thank you. For there is nothing lacking in the provision. For every heart, every soul, at every stage of the journey, there is a dividend. There is something that applies. Bring that which applies for every soul today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We receive the blessing with thanksgiving. Today, ah, paramahi kata parendos kelia prahato fielo tapanjatado tasisketados. Thank you. Faha patekerento el prapano oprefe para parumenige deata seteri hababarote prekulekia. Thank you, Jesus. As we are drinking and eating, we are eating and drinking into blessing. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father, we worship you. Yes. Thank you. Glory.
Father, we thank you today. We give you praise. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for what your spirit is already doing in us. Thank you because you're bringing a unique blessing to us. Today you have, you've not just spoken, Lord. You've, this is your, the sharing of your heart for us, I ask. Lord, that you will cause all our hearts to pick this conversation, to, to cherish it like a, like a baby. Lord, until it comes even into fruition. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for all the blessings. Thank you for deliverances which you have wrought, Lord, just in this short time. Lord, I pray for everyone here. Lord, I ask God for even concerning our physical bodies, if there be anyone sick among us, Lord, I ask to be released, Lord, of Amen. your power to, to bring forth healing as we are partaken. He said, by your stripes that we are healed. We ask for complete healing, Lord, spirit, soul, and body. So shall it be unto us. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. amen. Praise God. God bless you. you. Dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.